Good morning, church. All right. So I titled this lesson, Can You Hear Me Now? Um, and the idea that I had for this uh, originally as I was writing it and, and as kind of things uh, happened and, and, uh, and I went through the process, everything, the, the, the meat of the lesson uh, changed dramatically over what I'd originally planned, but the idea, the concept was still there, so we kind of left the title the same. How many of you all have seen uh, that commercial from the early 2000s, uh, the Verizon commercial, where the Can You Hear Me Now comes from? All right, so we got quite a few. All right, so basically in 2001, uh, Verizon hired 50 people uh, to go all throughout the United States and just drive around and just make phone calls to test uh, the service that, ha that happens. Uh, these people averaged, uh, uh, what I looked up, said they averaged about 100,000 miles apiece in that year uh, the, of them driving around and, and, and making those phone calls and testing uh, Verizon's network. So then in 02, to kind of take credit for that and, and to kind of have uh, a good representation of that in their media, they came up with the commercial where uh, it's the guy and he's got his glasses and, and he's just walking all over the place and he'll pick up his phone and he says, can you hear me now? And then he says, good, all right? He never has a bad reception, right? He's, he's walking all over, he's, you know, in small communities, he's out in the middle of the forest and one, at one point he's like on an iceberg in the middle of nowhere, you know, but he's got service. So Verizon's network is, is great, it's the best, he never has a problem, uh, never, never a bad reception. Well, I want us to take a look at a couple of different ways uh, to consider, can you hear me now this morning? Uh, one, uh, first and foremost is, can you hear God where you are? Uh, we need to, one of the things that we have uh, looking at our, our theme for this year uh, is pressing on. Uh, one aspect of that uh, is pressing on into the community, pressing on into missions. Uh, James Litzy has been doing a great uh, class on Wednesday nights about uh, all these different mission works and he's taken on that responsibility as a deacon and, and I'm very excited for some of the great long-term and short-term plans that he has in place for that. And so this morning I want to take a look first at some of the things that we need to make sure that we're prepared for, some of the things that we make sure that, uh, that we know that we are hearing God where we are, we have that good reception, and then a little bit at the end on can others hear God through you wherever you are. Your example, uh, your words, your actions, your love to better impact and press on into our community. When Jessica and I were at Freed Hardeman, uh, we took a semester of classes overseas, and one of the uh, professors, Dr. Taylor, uh, that was a host for us, every time that we would finish eating, he would say, I have dined sufficient. And some of you may have heard the, uh, the joke that correlates with that, but none of us had. So eventually we finally asked Dr. Taylor, Dr. Taylor, why is it that every time you finish eating, you say, I have dined sufficient? He said it was based off an old joke, and we think, oh great, Dr. Taylor in a joke, this is going to be something. So he says there's an old lady, and the old lady has a house guest, and she is just bringing all the food out, wanting to make sure he eats everything that he could possibly eat, and making sure that, that he, has, he has all the food he can handle. So he, she, she just keeps bringing it out. Finally, she brings out a last tray, and he says, whew. He says, I have dined sufficient. She says, what? 
you went fishing? He says, no, no, I, I said I ate plenty. She says, whoa, you caught 20? He says, oh, you poor soul. She says, oh, I'm sorry you broke your pole. Sometimes we can be speaking, we can be communicating, we can be trying to have those conversations and it's, and it's just not clicking, it's just not registering, it's just not happening the way that we really feel like it should. Um, so one of the things that I try to do, and I mentioned this uh, whenever I preached back in October about my preaching style, I try to use a lot of scripture. Uh, so we're going to be bouncing around several different places, reading some good chunks of scripture this morning. Um, but in, in with that, I do that to try to make sure uh, there's little, as little chance possible of me saying something that's wrong. Because if you're reading directly from the Word of God, you're always right. Can you hear me now? Anybody? Good? Good. All right. So, I try to read a lot of Scripture. If I do say something up here that you don't agree with, if I say something up here that just doesn't seem quite right, uh, the other part of my preaching style is I want you to come and talk to me. I want you to, to catch me afterwards, say, hey, can we have a minute? Can we talk? Uh, you said this thing at this time. Let's talk about it. Uh, in doing so, you could save my soul. Uh, I, could, I could convince you and save yours, or we could just have a great discussion. Uh, but let's talk about it at least, all right? So we're going to be reading through a lot of Scripture, and don't be afraid to talk to me about something if you hear something that just doesn't sound right to you, because I want to make sure we're all in the right. All right. So as we're striving to get out into that community, to, to connect, to grow, to serve others, can you hear God where you are? The first set of scripture I want us to take a look at this morning is Matthew 16, or excuse me, Matthew 13. Uh, Matthew 13, uh, verses, thir- uh, verses 3 through 9 is the parable of the sower. Um, and then 18 through 23 is that description uh, whenever he goes through and explains what it means. So we'll read through uh, both of those uh, uh, sections, Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 through 9, and then we'll continue on verse 18 through 23. So verse 3 through 9, it says, And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears... Let him hear. All right, and then continuing on, verses 18 uh, through 23, uh, where, where he's been asked, you know, what that means. So starting in verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately 
he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Throughout all of our lives, we can fall into some of these categories. We could find ourselves transplanted uh, into, that, into that soil where we're surrounded by thorns and we're struggling and we're having difficulty maintaining our faith and then be transplanted right back into some good, in-depth, great soil producing, getting out there. Unfortunately for some, this is a one-time event. They come, they, they, they are joyous, they're great, and they fall away and we may never see them again. Others come in and, and they try and they do the things that they, that they feel like they need to, but people start uh, in their jobs or in their schools or in their areas, start to make fun of them or do today's persecution, maybe say things about them online and they just can't handle it and they fall away. But for us, who understand and know and who study it daily, we have got to be a people who produce. If you are not producing fruit, you are dead. We have got to be a people who produce constantly. I had an interesting correlation that I found from our next set of scripture here that we're going to read. Um, it's John chapter 10. If you want to go ahead and be turning there, hopefully you've got your Bibles or your apps out so you can follow along and, and see any context that you may want to read. But the second part of this, uh, the rest of the scriptures that we're going to be studying this morning uh, all kind of tie in a little bit with that parable of the sower. That's kind of the basis of it this morning. Uh, But a correlation that I'd never caught before, uh, John chapter 10, verses 24 through 30. John 10, 24 through 30. We'll go ahead and read through that. It says, verse... John 10, 24 through 30. It says, So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Just that section right there, I love that section, the, the verses 26 and, and 27. Uh, you know, that they, or excuse me, verses 27 and 28. Uh, they hear my voice, uh, they know, they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will ever snatch them out of my hand. That's, uh, that, that one, when I first read that, just kind of hit me, but we'll get back to that here in just a minute. Verses uh, 29 and 30, it says, My Father has given them to me, He is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, as I was reading through that, some of you may have been kind of feeling it and hearing it in different ways. Okay, I'm a person that... I, I text back and forth a lot. I, I, I'd prefer a text message over a phone call 90% of the time. But if I'm having a serious conversation uh, or a conversation where uh, I might not agree with the person, 
I want to either be able to hear that person's voice at minimum and preferably see the person face to face. I hate text messages whenever it's a serious conversation because you cannot hear the inflections. You cannot hear what the person is truly saying without hearing their voice. Uh, now, you know, in text messages, you know, you can say something that, that sounds mean or angry and then send a smiley face emoji and, and you know, kind of prove the point that, okay, you're just kind of joking, you're kidding around. Um, maybe someday somebody will make an emoji Bible and, and, and that'll be a thing. But for right now, all we've got is the word. So we have to be the ones that truly show what Christ is saying. Uh, the reason inflection is so important is because the way that you use your words and the way that you say a sentence can completely change what people hear in it. I'll give you this example. One sentence, and I'll, I'll do the focus on a, a different word uh, of the sentence each time. I don't think he stole that money. Okay? Just a, a random sentence. I don't think he stole that money. Uh, you hear that, it's kind of flat, um, and you think, okay, you know, this person saying that doesn't think uh, that, that, that this other person stole money. Put an inflection on the first word, I don't think he stole that money. Then it's like, okay, so that person definitely doesn't think that, that they stole that money, but there might be somebody else that obviously thinks they did steal it. But he's, he's making sure that the focus is on the I, okay? Move it to the don't. I don't think he stole that money. All right, that's adamant. Right? You're for sure. The person saying that is absolutely confident that this person did not steal that money. Move it to the think. I don't think he stole that money. Well, that's the exact opposite of what we just heard, right? Same sentence, same words, but focusing on the think, then that person is absolutely unsure. They do not know for sure that this person didn't steal that money. All right? I don't think he stole that money. Well, that means it's not him, but I might have an idea who did, right? That's what I hear in that, and that's what most people hear in that, but because of the inflection on the he. I don't think he stole that money. Okay, he may have it, but maybe it was laying out on the counter, and he grabbed it to keep it set aside. He's a good guy. He's not going to steal it. He was just trying to watch out for it. That's what I hear whenever I hear that inflection. I don't think he stole that money, right? All right, this guy's probably not a nice guy. He's, he might be out there stealing money, but, but, but this, this time I don't think he did it, right? It wasn't that much. He didn't steal that money, okay? I don't think he stole that money, okay? He stole something, Right? It wasn't that money over there. He was in this building and he took some stuff, but I don't, it wasn't the money, but he definitely took some stuff, right? So the way you say things, that inflection, all that, it makes a difference. So I want to read back through what we just read, and I want to read it like table flipping, kick them out, Jesus, okay? Because he is talking about his sheep. He is talking about protecting them from the evil one and making sure that they get eternal life. So let's read through it again. John chapter 10, verses 24 through 30. It says, So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, then tell us plainly. 
And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. That kind of hits a little different, doesn't it? Can you hear me now? Good. That is the good news right there. That is the good news of Christ that came and preached to the world and brought saving power to the world and made us his sheep to give us eternal life. And he is holding us. And like the ones in the parable of the sower snatched away from, by the evil one, nobody in his hand that knows his voice is going to get snatched out of his hand. He is sure about that. He is confident about that all right moving on to the next piece john chapter 6 we're still in john but we're going to go back and look a little bit all right we're in the right place we've heard the message but those parts of the seeds that were sown about that didn't fully understand and so they're falling away all right, in John chapter 6, uh, they're going through, they've been there, all these people are standing around, they're, they're being exposed to these miracles, and they're hanging tight, they're right where they need to be to hear God. But he goes into what they call some difficult teachings, and he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, but they hadn't sacrificed him yet, he hadn't been crucified on the cross, he hadn't set up that communion meal and that representation, so they didn't understand it. They didn't know what was going on, so they're thinking, drinking his blood and eating his flesh, I'm out. So John chapter 6, verses 67 through 69. John 6, 67 and 69, through 69. It says, so Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? And I love this. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. In those situations where maybe you're hearing something you don't understand, maybe you've got a message that's come to you that you've read something or you've heard something in a sermon and you just, you're not getting it, you don't quite understand, hold firm. Understand there's nowhere better for you to be. There's, there's no greater message for you to hear. Figure it out. Get in depth. Talk to the people and figure out what that message is so that you can remain firm, so that you can continue to hear God where you are. So how do we do that? How do we make sure and know that what we're studying, what we're hearing is right? 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 uh, this is one of the scriptures that I, I, I always encourage people to memorize because it's a, it's a good one. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, perfectly equipped for every good 
work. Why is it important to know the scriptures, to understand them, to really get in depth and, and, and really for yourself study and know the scriptures? Because all scripture is God-breathed. You want to be able to hear God? This is his voice right here. Whether it be in this paper form and you're carrying it around or whether it be in your pocket on an app, get into God's word and know the scriptures. Once you know the scriptures, you've got to be able to discern them. You've got to study them enough to know. And if you were truly studying and truly knowing and truly trying to discern God's word, it's going to change you. It's gonna, it might be little changes at first, but big changes will come to you and your life and your actions, and every part of your being will be different. Romans chapter 12. Let's look there as, a, as the example for that. Romans chapter 12, just verse 2. It's a scripture that a lot of people know. Some memorize it. Uh, some people uh, use this in a lot of different ways, but... It's just a great example of really knowing the word and having it change you. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. There's that change you're getting in. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You want to hear God, get into his word, test it, try it. God will show you that what he has said, what he is doing is true and correct and righteous. So get into God's word and be transformed. Last thing that we need to do for ourselves to make sure that we're in the right place that we're hearing God is to just be in the right place. Those of you that are here this morning or those of you that are listening online this morning, you're in the right place right now. You're where you need to be. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Be in the right place. Be here where we study God's word. We have classes to get in-depth to it. We have sermons. Get up here and get preached. We've had some great ones here recently from some men that don't always do it, but have some fantastic ideas and lessons and thoughts. And you need to be here, be listening, be participating in God's word in this building. But in this building is not always where you're supposed to be. If we are only studying God's word in this building, we are only here to get in and, and check the box and go home, you're probably not in the right place most of the time. So the last part of our lesson this morning, talking about going out, pressing on into our community, making sure, can you hear me now through me? Can you hear God through me, through my actions, through my activities, through my words, through my example while I am out and amongst the world? How do we do that? First, foremost, most important, and most simple is just to love. 
it is such a simple idea that so many people miss. They just don't get it. Let's go ahead and read a scripture here. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. So we'll go back to John again. Uh, John chapter 13, talking about love. If you're out there, you're doing what you need to do, you're studying God's word, you, you know it, you've discerned it, you see that good and perfect will of God, and you're trying to get out into the community, the first thing you need to do is show people what the love of Christ looks like. John chapter 13 Verses 34 and 35. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. And this is key right here, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You want to be a disciple of Christ? You want to be somebody who is that example and that passionate representation of what it means to know what the good news is? Show love. Theodore Roosevelt had a, had a quote that, that gets used a lot, and I think John Maxwell kind of took it and ran with it a lot in his books says, people will never care how much you know until you, they know how much you care. If you're out there and you've, you've got it, you've, you've heard the word, you want to go out and you want to bring people to Christ and so you hit the streets and it's all hellfire and brimstone and if you don't come to God, you're going to hell and that's the first introduction they get. They are not going to feel the love of Christ. Now, it's true. Those were true statements. But the proper inflections, the proper times, the proper attitudes, the proper process will save a whole lot more souls. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They will always, always remember when you care for them, when you show them love in some way. They might forget your name. They might forget the words you said and the things you tried to teach them. And, and they might forget all of those things. But they will remember, man, that guy from the Northside Church of Christ, he came, he said he was a Christian, and he came and he fed me. He helped me out. He bought me groceries. He helped me to move whenever I finally found a place and I didn't have to, have to live in this bad situation again anymore. They will remember love and care far more than anything else. And it can and will make a difference to them. Second part of that, people will always take advice from a person that they know have their best interests in heart. You go and you try to give advice to a stranger in the grocery store on how they're uh, raising their kids. Have you ever seen that happen? I've had it happen to me. William was in the, in the front of the cart and was standing up on the edge. Nothing else was in the cart, almost nobody in the store. 
and I'm just pushing him along. We're going super slow, and this guy comes up and says, Sir, you really need to have that kid strapped in and up in the front. I mean, he's probably right, but I didn't take it that well, right? Because I don't, I, I don't know this person. They haven't shown me any love whatsoever. I don't know that they've got my best interests at heart. I think they're just out here just trying to cause trouble and just trying to come up with a reason to say something to somebody. That's how I felt. It may not have been true. And it may not be true about you as you're out there in the world trying to bring people to Christ. It may not be true that you're just out there trying to tell them they're going to hell. You might actually have that love, but until you show it first, they're not going to listen. So the first and foremost is to show love. And then our final scripture reading this morning is the, the one that Justin read for us. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 17. We'll read back through that again. Romans chapter 10, if you want to go ahead and get back there, we'll read through that scripture again, and then the, the lesson in the day will be yours. Romans 10, 8 through 17 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. If we want to get out there in the community we want to get out there and show that example, be that example, bring people to Christ. We need to have God's justification in our hearts and his praise on our lips. No matter where you are, no matter if it's the grocery store or a church event or your school or your work, God's justification of belief needs to be embedded in your heart and God's Praises should always be on your lips, making sure that people know and hear and understand that you are an example of God for all the right reasons. Verse, that was verse 9 and 10. Verse 12, when we're out there in the community, we cannot discriminate. Whether it be discrimination for race, color, whether it be discrimination for someone's sex, whether it be discrimination for their financial status, whether it be discrimination for how much they smell, 
We cannot do that. And here, the Jews and the Greeks of this time were just, just button heads, and they, were, they, they just did not get along on much of anything. But in verse 12, he says, There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For us today, there is no distinction between us and anybody else in this community. We are all children of God, and we should want them to be additional sheep, knowing his voice, being held in his hand. No distinction, no discrimination. Treat everyone fairly and show them love no matter who it is when you're out and amongst in the community. And lastly, we must send and be sent. We've got to be a people. Uh, I mentioned James's class on Wednesday and, and, and his role and, and all the things we're doing. If you have any desire at all, to be able to help this church grow, or just in general to help the kingdom of God grow anywhere in the world or anywhere here, we can help you to find that. Or if you're a person that just wants to help support that kind of work, and you're more of a background person, and you can help plan things to be able to get into the community, you've got ideas to, to go to this place or this section or do this thing so that we can show the love of God and that good news throughout this community, Get with somebody. Talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's send and be sent. Wherever you are in your process this morning, we can help. We can help you to get further, help you to do more, help you to be that better Christian that you need to be. Kind of tying back in to that parable of the sower. If you are here, or you're online and this is the first time you've ever heard any of the message of God, get with us. We want to teach you. We want to show it to you. We want to share the love. And we want to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ and his saving power and his love. Or if you've heard some but maybe you don't fully understand. We've got elders and, and deacons here who would be happy to speak with you to help to explain, to get more in-depth into scriptures, into the things that you hear or the things that you read on your own. We've got several men that I mentioned earlier that have been preaching and, and coming up here, and I'm telling you, if you have been missing on Sunday mornings and missing some of these men that have been preaching that don't do it all the time but just have a passion for God and His Word and are preaching from this pulpit, you are missing out if you are not here or going back and checking them online because there have been some fantastic ones. Any of us would be happy to help you better understand and make sure that you do not get snatched away by the evil one. If you're afraid that your roots aren't deep enough to get you through some struggle that you're facing, you're, you're here, you, you've, you've gotten the message with joy and you want to continue on but ah, you are just facing so much struggle there are so many things going on in this world that bring us down that stress us out that just try to pull us away from God there are people here who will lend you their strength and once you get to the point where you can stand up again they will show you and teach you how to lean upon the everlasting strength of God you will not grow weary. We can help you in times of need.
If you've heard the message, received it, enjoy, and you want to build your roots, roots deeper, going into the water in baptism, we can do that this morning. Or we can do that at any time. Come to us. Let us know. If you're torn by the thorns and the deceitfulness of this world, and it's trying to pull you away, the deceitfulness of riches of this world, but you want to be shown the riches of God that he grants upon his children, we can show you a more joyous, happy, fantastic life that you can live and then live eternally in the presence of a loving God. Or if you've known the message your whole life, You've shown it to others. You own that justification in your heart and you want to be sent. We can help with that too. We can find ways to help you maximize your productivity, to help you get out into the community, to help this church grow or to help God's kingdom grow. No matter what your situation, no matter where you are, if you have a need of this congregation, you can come right now 